0: Welcome to Comics Quest, where we pave the road for those who want to get into comics but don't know where to start. I'm your host, J.D. Martin, and listeners, welcome back. We are on episode three. Uh, we have the wonderful Smoke here sitting with us. Uh, usually she's been sleeping, but uh, tonight she said, Nope, sorry, bitch, you are stuck with me. And, uh, yeah. So if you just hear random meows directly into the mic, uh, that is that is what that is what she's doing what's going on what's going on and uh and smoke has left the building her but yet her tail is like right in my face what do you want baby here i'll tip oh it's okay i'll put you right there i'm not cutting any of that out you get unfiltered cat at all points thank you honey (laughs) Okay, uh, so today, uh, we have a, uh, uh, one of my recurring guests, uh, he needs no introduction and yet I'm going to give him one. We have the wonderful host of Men of Steel and Another Pass, man who brought me into the certain POV family and he surely regrets it at least every other day. So please, welcome back to Comics Quest, the one and only, K Aiken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me back on. And that regret is at most once a fortnight. It's, <laughs> it's
0: okay, not I I'm nearly was, I as was frequent close. as you think. <laughs> I was close, though. I, I said every other day. Not every day. Because there's got be, to be those days where you're just like, oh, shit. JD's probably just like running rampant on the Discord, just espousing by Grant Morrison once again.
1: <laughs> I mean... I, I, I like indulging in Grant Morrison talk uh, <laughs> as
0: we're gonna do today <laughs> yeah two times in a row now last time you were on you we were talking about we were talking uh l- at length on Jla yep. and um, and today uh, as we teased last week listeners we are discussing the seven issue miniseries clause how Santa Claus began <laughs> written by Grant Morrison uh art with art and art Colors. I'm assuming there is no credited colorist, so I'm going to assume colors as well by Dan Mora, and letters by Ed Dukeshire. Um, yeah, this this is a comic about Santa Claus Yeah. as a 17th century shamanic superhero. Yep
1: yeah, that, that that is a pretty uh, succinct description of this
0: comic. I mean, you don't really need it. Like, do I need to sell this comic even more? It's literally. Grant Morrison and Dan Mora, the guy who is currently drawing one of the best comics out there, Once in Future. Also, listeners, if you're not reading Once in Future, you absolutely should. It is so damn good. It is one of the like, I mean, I like. If I did a roundup for for the comics of the year for me, Once in Future, hands down, top three comics of the year. It's the greatest and. One of the main reasons is Dan Moore's incredible art. So you've got those two coming together to do Santa Claus as if it was a superhero origin story, and then they involve magic. Like, can you get can you get better than that?
1: I mean, we can top it off with some Feywild stuff and some D and D barbarian things. I guess yeah. Ranger. He's more a Ranger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, look, when I when I say shamanic superhero, I'm taking that directly from Morrison. Like they're they're yeah. the one who like is bringing that is bringing that to the show.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it, I mean, again, great great descriptions of this thing because uh, <laughs> it's it's what's on the
0: ten. <laughs> yeah. And and as you texted me earlier, um it has a like essentially a Highlander ending. Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I shouldn't have been surprised if the
1: idea is this is Santa Claus and the story is about Santa Claus, who is still the source of our uh, childish delights at nighttime uh, every Yuletide season. Um, But, yeah, uh, the majority of the story takes place in, like, the origin timeline. And then it's like, oh, yeah, he continues to be
0: Santa Claus. Yeah, it's like kind of has to go on to be the jolly guy that we all know uh and also listeners i want to i want to get this out of the way uh real quick so there are more comics following this initial series uh, for the next four years after this series uh morrison and mora would get back together and do these special one shots for christmas we haven't gotten them the past couple years uh but they are out there they're collected Um, But we're not discussing those like, you know, we're we're just going to focus on these seven issues for this episode. But I highly recommend everyone go check out after they've read this series, go check out the one shots. They're great. They're currently collected in two books because those were like 60 page uh, one shots. They were these big events for Christmas. Um, But no, we're instead just focusing on the series. So case, we haven't done this in a while. And it's time to ask you the age-old question that I ask every guest at the beginning of every episode that I'm sure every listener is tired of me asking, but I'm going to continue. What were your thoughts going into Claus, how Santa Claus began? <laughs> <laughs> and your uh, thoughts during, and your, th- and your thoughts afterward. Sure, sure, sure.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, I, I I will start off with, no- with noting that I had heard about this series and I had not really thought too much about checking it out just by virtue of the fact that there's so much. And I wasn't really sure it, if it merited, would I have enough trouble <laughs> keeping up with everything, uh, checking it out necessarily? I, I will start off that. I was aware of it. And then you asked if I wanted to check it out. And I was like, yeah, sure. If it's for a thing, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll totally check out a Grant Morrison thing. It just wasn't necessarily like first on my my reading list. Um mm-hmm. So that's where I was beforehand. Um, so I was like marginally aware of the concept, right? Uh, then I then then I looked at it and I tried. I figured out which one we were, we were talking about because again, there, as noted, there's a few trades at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. I, I I will check out this book. And I picked it up, and I picked up the others just because. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, started reading it and i was like uh yeah, yeah this is this is kind of my cup of tea
0: <laughs> <laughs> i got another one
1: i got to say the art is great yeah right Dan off the, bat, the art, art is, is fantastic yeah mm-hmm. it, it, fantastic artwork on this thing
0: um, can you believe I'm, he did this before he was 30 uh, it just makes me sad <laughs>
1: <laughs> for the only reason life.
0: The only reason I know that is because I was looking at his bio in the back of the trade and it says he was born in 1987. I was like, oh, my God, this comic came out in 2016 or 2015. Yeah, 2016. Crap. <laughs> that means he was like at least 27, 28 when it came out. Yep. When it came out, which means he could have been younger. Right. Yeah, when he actually it. did it. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, what? What must it be like
1: to have talent? Who
0: can say? Certainly not me. <laughs> hey, um, you know what? I think it's talent that you can uh jump jumble to podcasts and be guessing on all these shows, including mine. Yeah, that's I, talent I, right there. And also holding also all out the video
1: stuff, and you know the full that and, and
0: holding <laughs> out and holding out a nine to five job, and also having time to have a love have a lovely marriage and have a wonderful partner.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah,
0: I... <laughs> but not talent like this. Not talent like more. Look, we Moral all have different types of talent. Yeah, you have the talent of managing your time well. At least on this, it seems that way. Oh,
1: My wife would have things to say to you about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, bring her on the show. Come on down.
1: Probably not going to come on for a comics one. I, I, I was a miracle that I got her on for Reignite, <laughs> and that's because I like did the long con of convincing her to play several video games, getting her into the mode for an RPG. And I was like, you want to try Mass Effect?
0: <laughs> She's like, fine.
1: And then after playing through three games, finally she was like, yeah, I'll go on a, a show to talk about this.
0: <laughs> okay, well, now this is... a you've, You set a challenge before me. And we all know that if, if, if a challenge is set before me, podcast-wise, I have to meet it. So therefore... Challenge accepted. I'm going to get. Carter. Cases white. I'm going to get I'm going to get Carter on the show. Yeah, She's going to be here at some point in the future. Right. <laughs> it could be it could be next month. It could be next year. It could be in the next five years. I don't know. She will be here, though. And then we can and we can kill two birds with one stone. You hear on the show and also you spend time with your wife.
1: That That is fair. I look forward to seeing you succeed. <laughs> <If it occurs. laughs> but, but anyway, so what I will say about this is that um it is definitely the trappings of all the stuff I enjoy. Like I'm a big D D player. Like I was kind of mm-hmm. making jokes before, so I'm always here for that kind of stuff. I was the kid who, like, you know, kept the kept the very literal belief in Santa, probably a bit too long. Um, you know, always there for that. He's got an adorable wolf sidekick. I'm always here for that. So her name is Lily. Lots of good Lily. stuff. It's cool. so cute. Yep. Um, so I'm here for all of that, and then the story itself is written in this sort of um, f- like fairy tale esque format. In addition mm-hmm. to all that, like the 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 actual narrative is relatively simple. There's these sort of like um, really weird supernatural elements that are not really delved into too much for the sake of keeping it in this sort of like fable esque kind of manner. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's all very appealing. It's not like a um, like a 13th warrior style. Like this is the true story behind Santa Claus or something like that. Like, it's very much like, Nope, no, nope, there's magic and all the, all the weird shit. Like, yeah, we're not very far removed from just like seeing the elves. Uh, but uh, they treat it with more of like kind of a fae touch. And I, I really appreciate all of that. So again, along with the art and everything, I think it, it works really well in terms of just being like this very appealing work. Um, yeah. So that, that was sort of my re- response while I was reading it. And yeah, like enjoyed it quite a bit. I would say this is a very easy to give to someone like the the premise of the show, Comics Quest. This is a great comic to give to a person who has never read a comic before because I think that all of the requirements of a lot of comic books are thrown out the window with this one by virtue of the fact that it is you know it, it is while a little bit more mature than necessarily like what you would give to a four-year-old or something like that it's still a story about christmas uh, and yeah. it has a lot of those things going for it and by virtue of that i think you can almost even excuse if you're not a big fan of the medium the fact that it is still pictorially represented um feels appropriate for a christmas story so it's like especially good in that regard mm-hmm. um to give to like your like you know, older child, early teens, or even a person who just likes Christmas and is also into D anD D. So it's <laughs> it's good for a good cross section of people.
0: So it, you're what you're saying is good for just about everyone in the network. Uh, yeah, on the, <laughs> the in our the, network, the
1: Venn diagram of who should read this that is part of a certain point of view uh, is a circle with a smaller circle inside of it.
0: Yes, exactly, and, and that smaller circle is just the people who have actually read it, and that's us.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's mostly even smaller like, circle inside there. I feel
0: like Alex is. I felt like Alex is also in that circle with us. I'm pretty sure he's read it as well. I
1: wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it. Look, again, this is this is like Santa Claus is a superhero written by Grant Morrison. I mean, like, come on, like what? Again, what more could you ask for? And also, a dog, like,
1: and they they provide it, <laughs> and they
0: do. Yeah, yeah, they do multiple dogs, in fact. Yes. Uh but we get a very cute one named Lily, and she is the best dog. Uh, she is the goodest girl. And I think it's funny, uh, like, uh, you, you already getting into talking about, like, how this had like, it feels like a fable or a fairy tale. I'm kind of surprised that I didn't ask, uh, Angela on for this because we have, like, the two of us share a deep love for fairy tales. That's one of the reasons why we have fables and reflections and why we, why we both share a love for Neil Gaiman. Uh, but I did want to ask you on here just because, like, you... I know you are a big D&D fan or you're an, you're a D&D nerd. Uh th- th- they're kind of they're kind of on a different level, I feel like. Um I'm a fan of D&D, but I don't play it. So like I'm like kind of on the outside of it, but I'm like I'm a fan of of all of this. I just don't do it. You, on the other hand, are deeply yeah. entrenched in it. <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, I run a bunch of games. I play in a bunch of games. I act. I, I just for fun design subclasses for characters in five D. Yeah, I fact, used to design prestige classes for three five. So. Yeah, and in fact,
0: there there is a show that I completely forgot to mention that you're on. You're also on Struffy Nerfurgers, which is you know an ongoing Star Wars D and D podcast. Yeah. So there you go. You're deep like you're deeply entrenched in this world that I wish I could. Uh, I wish I was a part of. You know, just because I just haven't gotten around to it. Um. But I love having it here for this one in particular because we do also have this shared love of Grant Morrison and we love seeing Morrison play in the fairy tale world and the magic world because they do it just not very often and it's very fun to see them get into a concept like. Take an IP like Santa Claus, and it's weird to say that Santa Claus is an IP, but it kind of is at this point. There are so many stories centered around uh, the concept of Santa Claus and the in and, and Yule time and all of that. But it's really interesting to see where they decided to take it. Of well, like they're like I deal with I mostly deal with superheroes. Let's take Santa Claus and just turn him into a superhero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. <sighs>
1: It, it is such a, it is a weird pivot for, for Morrison specifically. Like I feel that the, uh, like reading this, I couldn't stop, but think, or this was Morrison doing something that is a bit more Gaiman-esque than what he normally does. Mm-hmm. Uh, that normally Morrison likes playing around in continuity, likes playing around in sort of weirder concepts of like shared ownership of things. And you could do that with Santa Claus because it is a, a story that has been passed down and changed so much and has like weird marketing budgets from Coca-Cola associated with it. Uh, So it's interesting to try to strip away some of those details, keep true to other ones, and then put in this, like this adventure veneer um, to, to really drive a a narrative uh, to, to function in this medium. Cause you know, that's what a lot of people come to comic books for, you know, some sort of action adventure story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so with this particular story and this particular telling of 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 this character um uh, were there elements that like that just outright surprised you to be involved in you know a a telling of a Santa Claus story
1: Uh not really ultimately mm-hmm. like once I, I got the the dynamic going of like okay he's been living on the outskirts and he's coming in and he's dealing with this town, like most of the pieces kind of fell in place. I think the, the first surprise for me was when the first, the first time he has like the sort of mystic healing trance when he takes the healing medicine. Um, right. That, the shining family. Right. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that surprised me, but I was like, Oh, I see how this works. It was like, Oh, that's like, and once that clicked into place, it was like, okay, I see how the majority of this is kind of functioning uh, in, in this telling of the story. So, but I don't, I don't want to say that it not being surprising is a bad thing because I think trying yeah. to tell a Santa Claus story, you want all the beats to feel familiar. And the again, it, there's like the, it, it is this veneer of an action adventure story that is being superimposed upon it. Um, and if it was too hard, I feel like it wouldn't feel like a Santa Claus story anymore. It would feel like sort of Someone who's weirdly obsessed with Santa doing a superhero or a D&D or, you know, a fantasy or whatever story. And this this still is firmly a Santa Claus story. And yeah. that's, I think, the, the impressive part here, which is that it doesn't go too far away from that. It exactly. somehow actually still feels right. Uh, yeah, which exactly. meant that the beats felt familiar, but that familiarity is what makes the story the type of story that it is.
0: Yeah, it's almost as if Morrison is kind of treating Santa Santa in a way of like kind of like a Superman analog, but with like elements of Indiana Jones with that like action adventure side to him, uh, as well as, you know, like any other, you know, like, you know, like a person who is an outsider to a community that they used to be a part of. And now they're coming back, but they're trying to change the, the, the community because, it has grown to be something that they no longer recognize for the worse
1: yeah how uh would you say we are okay to get into spoiler kind of territory here
0: i feel like we're we're deep in enough and, and and look again this is it's the, the concept is very simple it's santa claus as shamanic superhero but still yeah. firmly santa claus <laughs>
1: frankly the spoiler i want to talk about is in the first issue so it's not really a big it, it's not a big spoiler per se the fact that the town he first travels to or, or rather the town that everything sort of centers on is one where no one is allowed to have toys by by royal decree so that all the toys are confiscated and given to the little prince that's so perfect as like a claymation you know <laughs> like uh like christmas cartoon from like the 50s like that oh, would yeah. be perfect for anything like that um and it's such a it's such a workable and ingenious device in terms of like actually what the story they're telling like what morrison is telling here like i think that that's truly an impressive component because like uh there might be some sort of thing that it's referencing but like as far as i know it's like whole cloth invented for this but it is very santa claus (laughs)
0: yeah it works so well yeah, and like the like you saying that exactly makes me think of like this feels like like the way this feels like a fairy tale is that that like simple setup of a town in which you know joy and, and 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 merriment is essentially banned that is that that feels like a fairy tale. That feels like it's something that's like as you mentioned like you don't feel like you don't know know of anything that if it's referencing so it feels it's like its whole cloth. You know, it, it's because, like, it's such a simple concept that it feels like it could have been taken from, like, any fairy tale.
1: Right, exactly. Like, oh, Klaus travels to the town where there is, like, he returns home, but he finds that, like, now no children are allowed to play with toys. And so he sneaks in at night and gives toys to all the little kids. That's such a Santa Claus thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's also a very Superman thing. That's why, like, I, I like seeing... And like, I, I like to like see this as like essentially like a Superman story almost. Yeah, and there are, like there is... are
1: certainly Superman parallels and some Moses parallels in the way that Klaus oh, yeah. is like a foundling, um, like you know when we finally get the flashback. What what is it? Issue five? Uh,
0: uh or four? I think sorry. Issue, I think it's issue four.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there certainly are like those kind of elements as well. You know, like the 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 orphan who is accepted and you know comes to. It comes to feel like a place of belonging and then is ostracized because of their gifts. And in this case, Santa Claus's gift is his ability to give gifts because he's so good at making
0: toys. Yeah. Which is such a Santa Claus thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like the whole reason behind him, behind being ostracized, you know, when you find out that there's just, there was someone else who was in love with the girl who was in love with him. So yeah over the years he was plot like, he's, like, plotting, uh, not really even revenge, just, you know, plotting, like, his downfall, essentially. And waits for the perfect, m- perfect time when they're older to, you know, poison the king, say that it was, say, uh, say that it was Klaus, because, like, oh, he has these herbs, you know, these, he's the work, he's a poisoner, you know, he, he, this is, this is his doing, and they, you know, leave him for dead out in the snow. And, then he gets saved by you know a cub, and then and then of course he gets saved by a wolf who he who he saved as a cub. Right. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah.
1: No, it, it's it's very nicely constructed for that purpose. Like, I don't know of any desire to adapt it, but this would make a very good, like, I don't want to say children's cartoon because it's definitely not children, <laughs> but like, um. Uh, what is a tartakovsky style cartoon, like a Samurai yeah. Jack style thing? Oh yeah, yeah. Not don't go yeah. as far as Primal. Like don't go that bloody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Samurai Jack well, level, this, I think is good. Well, uh, I would almost say like Castlevania, or uh, I haven't watched it yet, but the Masters of the Un- of the Universe Revelations show that just came out from Kevin Smith. That's uh, like like in like in maybe in that style or like a combination of that because uh, because. Dan Moore's art definitely, uh, it it has parallels to that art style for those sh- for those particular shows, and I can see it translating that way. And actually, you mentioning the fact that like it, Oof, excuse me, uh, the fact that you mentioned like there's that this more mature element, I love that that actually doesn't really come until much later in the comic. Because when we start out, it, it we do get you know the, the elements of you know murder and, and, and violence. But that really doesn't happen until like issues three and four. Like for the first couple issues, it's fairly simple of, of you have this community that has been decimated by the ruler. And you have an outsider who has co- who used to be integrated in the community has now come back, sees what's going on, and wants to make a difference. And through his actions, the the their the the ruler is losing power, and therefore uh, the only route he can see is violence. And it becomes more and it becomes darker and darker, and that's why I think it's the end of the issue. F- yeah, like an issue five is when we get introduced to, um, Krampus.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, we haven't gotten there yet, but <laughs> yeah,
0: we 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 got Krampus, y'all. It. Yep. This is great.
1: Yeah, when they're like, oh, oh, we're gonna unleash like a great darkness, and then all of a sudden the Krampus shows up. Well, of course, it's a Krampus. Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like what 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 else could it could it have been? Yeah. Honestly, when I was reading it, I was like, I, I was like, they're not gonna. I mean they 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 probably will do Krampus but what, but are they going to do that? Cuz this was before uh the the movie uh Krampus had come out cuz that movie was actually I think it was that no. No that movie was 2015 so yeah I think the, the movie had already come out by that point.
1: Yeah, but that's all riding on like internet culture like adopting like joking about Krampus for for Christmas for 10 years prior to that. Like I mean, and then you have me, which, who
0: was never on the internet, so, you know, didn't know about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just, like, one of those, like, pop culture things about, like, the holidays and people having sort of, like, counter-examples to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I would say, like, like yeah, like, mid-2000s, you start seeing people making passing references to it or showing depictions of Krampus, because, you know, it's a pre-existing concept. Um, mm-hmm. And But, like, it became en- entrenched in the zeitgeist in the period leading up to this coming out and the movie, and, you know, now I think a lot of people are, Uh, familiar enough with it that you reference it and people know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And it also just kind of, again, goes back to that whole, you know, idea of this, of them like doing Santa as, as superhero origin, uh, where you have someone who's like the complete antithesis to our main character. So you have, you have Klaus, who is this, he is someone who is just deeply selfless and all, and, wants nothing but just the absolute joy of the people around him, especially children. And what does Krampus want? Krampus want? He just wants to eat kids. Yep. And, you know, of course, Santa's going to be like, yeah, see, the thing is not on my watch, motherfucker. You're not going to do that. <laughs> Except Santa wasn't wouldn't say motherfucker. He's better than that coal something oh can we talk about how the, <laughs>
1: they mine coal as like one of the big things about the town like I adore that part
0: too. <laughs> you adore slave labor is what you're saying Well
1: I adore the the <laughs> the, the connections that they're tying to it all like that that the coal is in, endemic of the the town that they uh, that this whole story comes from and that it is representative of the of the the submission of the Yuletide spirit uh that the people are experiencing by way of royal decree where they have Mm -hmm. to you know keep mining for money and buy buy toys for the prince but not for their kids and all the the terrible stuff it's it's nice that it is emblematic of the suffering that they go through and that he is trying to eliminate in their lives and i think that's all like a very nice uh nice set of connections that they're putting forth you know this whole book is lots of like christmas imagery which somehow they tie together in ways that actually are thematically appropriate as opposed to just illusions for the sake of illusions. And I right. think that's really uh, the nice thing about this book, which is, uh, and I was surprised about, like the quality of this book is how well they tie both the, the fancy, uh, like not, how, how well they tie the actual, uh, like fable elements of Santa Claus into a convincing action story without them feeling tacked on.
0: Right. No, I I I completely agree with you. So, the next thing, another thing I want to talk about is Dagmar and her relationship with Klaus and how that has and and how that evolved. So, when we initially meet her, she is she you know she is uh, married to the Lord Magnus. Uh, they have a child, Jonas, and it's not until. I believe it's issue two when we when we get the inkling that they knew each other, but we don't they don't uh, actually see each other until I think the end of issue three or four, I believe.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the ish, end of issue four when he, when he like shows up at our window.
0: Yeah. And then uh, it's like issue five is like the whole yeah flashback of like of, you know, like how they met his ch- like the origin of of and like when he was found as a child uh out and in, in, out in the ice but his dying his mother held him as she was dying and he somehow stayed alive uh, as they say that he uh his heart burned so bright that he that it kept him alive uh which such a a, a very santa claus thing uh also a very superman thing and we come to learn that they, that they met as children and they have this deep friendship that of then turn it seemed as though it just turned to a deep affection for each other a deep love and when her father the lord of this village uh was poisoned by magnus uh and he framed klaus and klaus then is ostracized from the is not just ostracized he is like, taken out and left for dead by, you know, by the, by the, the guard, like, the king's guard, and she has a deep, and that, that, that love then turns out, then turns sour, and she hates him because she, she is led to believe that he killed her father for the throne, and she then, and then, like, later in the book, she talks about, like, you know, her, it was, uh, she, you know, she became attracted to Magnus over time, and there's no implications that he may have uh like used ma- used magic in some way to draw her affection toward him uh, cuz he was always infatuated with her and now uh when we first see her in the at the beginning of the story she is just depressed well yeah All because magnus
1: is terrible and uh autocratic and it's a uh... He's a shithead.
0: Yeah. Is what we're trying to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. uh, I mean, his whole strategy for everything is to put harsher and harsher rules on things. Like, he doesn't want to lose her, so she's trapped inside, not able to go out. He doesn't want to lose his son, so he's trapped inside, not able to go out. And to try to please him, he tries to uh, ply him with toys and thus (laughs) thinks that anyone else having toys uh, is only going to upset his son more, which we do see. Where it's like, the kids are having fun. I I never have fun. That's not fair um it's it's this very um parasitic type of thinking that magnus has where this cycle um,
0: of abuse that he is perpetuating yeah or or perhaps uh
1: maybe the more accurate way to describe him is mercantile like his, his entire approach to everything is that he needs to have it under his control and under his banner in his possession that it is you know that the sharing of anything is to deprive him of the value that he could potentially hold you know he mm-hmm. wants to have all the coal he wants to have all the toys he wants to have his wife and no one else can see her or she can't be part of the world and his son can't go out and be part of the world uh plus he's he loves having bullshit
0: excuses for everything uh but- yeah like he 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 lies his ass off throughout the story giving excuses after excuse uh, you know, either it's to the townspeople, to his wife, to his own son, to, you know, even, even up to, you know, his potential end and then his inevitable end, uh, even to the king of this, con- of the country, wherever they are. I'm assuming it's like a, a, like a English or Scottish country, something of, you know, uh, equivalent to one of those countries.
1: Um, or Germanic.
0: Yeah, that makes possibly. more sense, with, especially with the, uh, the 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 naming of, like, Magnus, Dagmar, yeah, I, Klaus. Those are very German names.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like, Yule is a... Uh, <laughs> it's like a Norse holiday. Uh, but yeah, like, and, uh, and one of Norse the... Is...
0: And, like, like someone who kind of becomes almost, like, a major supporting character. His name is Gunner. Gunner, like, Gunner M- M- Mikkelsen, I think. He's the... the like, he's the... He's a, one of the... One of the members of the town he is mining and uh his it's actually his his son who later helps save the life of Klaus uh later yeah. in the story Gunnar's kind yeah. of a badass cuz he just like without any hesitation he just attacks Krampus because he's because Krampus is going after his kids and he's like nope not today I will not let you eat my children I don't care if you're a giant flaming devil looking thing I will attack you
1: Right. And like, OK, so I was like trying to remember, like where St. Nicholas comes into play for, for some of this, because it, like it is a Germanic holiday. So mm-hmm. St. Nicholas was Greek. uh <laughs> was actually living in Turkey. Uh, and so like this is just all the weird blurring that goes on, because like, you know, like all the actual Christmas stuff is coming from a lot of it is Odin. Like, the, the reason why there's, like, eight reindeer is it's representative of Sleipnir having eight legs, uh, mm. and that you're supposed to leave out your boots for Odin to put trinkets in, um, and that's where, like, the slippers came from, or, like, the stockings part came from. Um, that
0: definitely makes sense, because it, it definitely seems as though, like, Mora is, like, drawing Klaus to look close to someone like Odin or Thor.
1: Yeah. And and then like the, you know, like all the all these other things like the Christmas tree is uh, coming from the 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 a representation of the world ash from Norse mythology Yggdrasil. Um so there's like all that stuff going on. But that said, if we're trying to identify where this is supposed to take place, uh since it is firmly in the Middle Ages, uh it could be all over because if this is <laughs> If this is and this is for angela if it's before 1066 <laughs> um then england is speaking uh old english which is a uh, germanic language uh super closely related to the danish tongues of of norway and so forth and also germany could be in play for all this so all of these are like culturally exchanged languages to the point where like when the vikings came like there was like a, so much overlap that like certain words were adopted in parts of regions people had like weird communication stuff lots of fun stuff for more information on that go check out the history of english podcast it's a great one uh, <laughs> but like there's so much cultural exchange it actually could be kind of taking place anywhere but it's probably like Ger- northern germany maybe like norway i don't know <laughs> who, who can say for sure uh it is deliberately obtuse <laughs>
0: Listeners, do you see why I invite Case on to my show? He is infinitely more smart, smarter than I am, and uh, he's just a great guy.
1: I I just like to ramble, and I'm also a, a language <laughs> nerd, so I enjoy those things.
0: See, it's like that's what you like. I I bring I bring Case on for for the for the for the ramblings about uh the English language for languages. You bring me onto a podcast when you want to talk about vampires or true crime. That's how it works. So. So I I haven't been invited for true crime yet. I wonder when that's going to happen. It's not going to
1: happen on mine because I don't really do true crime
0: stuff. This is a challenge to someone to write to write a true crime Superman comic.
1: Oh God! I mean, well, there's Hollywood Land actually. If we want to do it.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, we could. Yeah, we could do that. We'll talk. You you want to do that? We should do that. We'll
1: talk to Jay Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So. I mean, the the whole piece is just a lot of fun in general. Like it's Mm -hmm. like I said, it's really going in for things that we pop culturally are aware of from the Santa mythos, as it were, um, and just like the things that we associate with Christmas and then really um, working it in in a fairly diegetic way to this. Like like we said, much more like traditional fantasy style story. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is the impressive part about this all. The fact that we get to the point where this guy who has a bag full of presents is fighting a demon and none of it feels weird aside from a little bit of just being like fuck he's competent (laughs) (laughs) uh but that's fine because we've had six issues to set that up as being like yeah he's pretty competent like he's he's good at this shit also he just makes toys at night he gets high just makes toys like (laughs) ladies for for all my ha- my all my uh, stoner craft people like the people who like woodwork and so forth. uh Alyse, I'm talking to you. She's not listening. <laughs> but she uh, could be.
0: She could be. Uh, anyway but for all
1: those people who like just to get baked and make shit like that is that is klaus in this um except he's also in like really good shape and is able to uh survive arrows to the shoulder all the time and he's friends with wolves
0: um (laughs) yeah he gets shot arrows a lot
1: yeah yeah when you were saying oh it gets darker towards the end i'm like the first issue he gets shot a lot and there's like a lot of blood like
0: (laughs) i mean yeah i'm just saying like there's a point where there's like a like like a half a page is is just a panel of him getting stabbed through the chest with a giant sword. Right. No. In the it, last yes. issue,
1: it, it gets bloodier, but and it all, starts. All, and also, bad.
0: we get Krampus later. Is what right. is what I was he also then going starts going incinerating for, Like people, so and like trying to eat children. That's what I yeah. was going with. Like that's when I feel like it gets really dark. Yeah, tonally darker. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. but t- we do get viol- we do get like some pretty dark elements of like you know him getting shot with multiple arrows in that first issue
1: right and i would say that you could keep the tonal darkness but an adaptation i would probably recommend removing some of the blood so that's a little bit more all ages in terms of its format um because i think that the actual story is fine for younger mm-hmm. people um certainly fine for like a tsunami block you know like it, and with all the blood it's it's more adult swim but it's like you just need to like find the right i but i think you know i think a pg13 rating gets this to yeah. everyone or, or to enough people and you're good um yeah, it's, and not, I, it's
0: not like you have to worry about uh like you know ex, uh good lord i can't think of the word uh profanity or anything like no that. there's no profanity
1: and there's no there's not even really like any sort of um sexuality on display aside from magnus like coveting um uh, pff- I just blanked on her name. uh, Dagmar. Um, Aside from that, and like, because like, as we noted, Klaus has like this much more like warm, genuine affection style love, like to the point where like, while a sexual component might be a part of it, it's not actually the driving factor in his affections for her. Um, And even Magnus, to a certain degree, he just covets everything. So it's not yeah. necessarily a sexual coveting. It's just like literally, he wants he wants to possess everything. He's greedy. Yeah, he doesn't even personified. I don't, I don't,
0: like even though I feel like he may have like a, a some type of love for both Dagmar and Jonas's son, uh, I don't really think he see, even sees them as human beings. I see, feel like he sees them as just uh, more objects to covet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think that. <laughs> really the violence is the only thing and america is okay with violence so yes if you we remove are, the blood all of a weird. sudden you're probably okay with it being for a much wider audience and it has a really nice ending you know uh yeah. and and you know as as you have discussed with angela on fables and reflections you can show anything to kids as long as there's a happy ending
0: yeah absolutely
1: yeah, and this has a really happy ending of of a sorts. Uh, it has a I mean, highlighted yes, montage like, of an ending, which is yeah. Just...
0: We do we do unfortunately see you know you know Dagmar eventually passes away, but you know that's the passage of time. Right. Yeah. It, it's we...
1: super sweet. Uh, the fact that um, th- that Jonas has come to see Klaus as like a, a, a surrogate father is wonderful. Like you you see real progressions for the character. Everyone is everyone is a better person at the end of this, except for Magnus, who is a better sender. Uh, but <laughs> it's just a nice progression and the the montage that they do to illustrate the passage of time that that Klaus does not experience but Dagmar does really good like them dancing with different outfits and her hairstyle changing a little bit until all of a sudden she's like noticeably older worked really well for me uh i mean yes queen was playing in my head during that whole scene Uh, Because who wants to live forever? But (laughs) it works here. It was really nice. uh,
0: Somewhere in Georgia, Paresh is just screaming with delight that you said that. (laughs) So,
1: I mean, aside from, you know, the the understanding that like a character who is supposed to be an immortal living on from the Middle Ages till now uh, couldn't bring everyone with him, it's fine. Like, the, I think every child will be still fine with it. It's an origin story for a character in Medieval Times. At best, he and Dagmar were going to die together. Like...
0: <laughs> yeah, and of course, like, we know we know who Santa Claus is today. Right. So, of course, that wasn't going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a piece of me wondering, like, oh, is she going to get the same treatment to be Mrs. Claus? Um, yeah. But... Which would
0: have been really cool if they had done that.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's also it's a different kind of story than there's no, uh, like he, he didn't do it of his own volition. It was a, a thing to save his life as it were like the, the, the immortality factor. And
0: yeah, I also, I I love how like, he just kind of brushes it. Like when Dagmar is just like, um, I just saw you get like, like I just saw, saw a sword plunged through your chest and you're still standing. And he's like, oh yeah, I think I'm immortal now. Um, we we'll, we we'll, we'll figure this out i guess. Yeah.
1: Questions for later.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, slay this like slay the giant thing the giant evil thing first, then we'll worry about whether or not I'm an immortal. Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Another
0: way i was thinking this could have gone was that like they do pass away, that they both die together, but uh Jonas like ta- like takes on the name and like does, and like he goes on to live and like it's a name that gets passed on passed down oh, so
1: like the phantom so it'd be like a ghost who yeah. gives
0: <laughs> yeah exactly that that would also be like g- other superheroes and he and he's it's like he's a legacy he becomes like yeah. a legacy character
1: right and it just becomes this generation of, like story after story of of a new santa claus also, could have been fine. The it's not also, the story that they're going for here. We could, we could eventually
0: like... we could eventually get like the uh, like the Legion of Batman's or like the, the the Green Lantern Corps. We could have had a Legion of Santas. <laughs> Graham Morrison, we're giving you free ideas here. Come on.
1: Uh, I'm trying to think of the best like what's the best wordplay with Santa Claus?
0: The Santa Corps
1: it's the probably Queen the best we got for the moment but i like
0: legion of santas or the or the legion of klaus i'm making case think too much in this episode yeah I'm, right just, I'm like looking for every like
1: every synonym for like team squad santa squad or santa
0: squad <laughs> put it on a t-shirt for this year case we found we found our christmas t-shirt for this year
1: oh god the only, the only reason I don't want to ever do a Santa t-shirt is because I have too many dark associations with SantaCon, which mm. I don't know if you have any direct association with. So, no, in New I York don't. especially, it's also in D.C., which I was horrified to find out when I moved back to D.C. from New York. But in New York, it's infamous. Uh, there's just one day where a, it's fucking called SantaCon, and it's just people bar-hop dressed up as Santa Claus, uh, or like elves or whatever, and... Um, and it is the drunkenest, rowdiest, most annoying group of people every single year. Like you just have to steer fucking clear of them. It is the worst, and you know, it just happens every year.
0: <laughs> I'm already a shut in, and that just makes like my butthole pucker with just ugh, I hate yeah, that. It-
1: it is terrible. When I like was stuck in traffic one one day living in D.C. and I like looked out my window and saw like, oh god, that's a bunch of Santas like trying to get into a bar. Oh no!
0: Because <laughs> <followed me> <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to be
1: a bartender in New York and I had to deal with those assholes.
0: Oh no! Oh god, no! I'm yeah, I'm so glad I never did that, and I'm glad I stayed clear from bars anyway. See, look, here's the thing: The everything you said surrounding SantaCon is like. Like, I'm, like a i am already a should in so i wouldn't be caught dead out during that anyway and b i even if i did go out i don't like going to bars so i'm i get to stay like i that's why i have no association with it thank yeah. god yeah no i'm good i'm good um uh, yeah do you have oh, yeah so i be yeah that's I'd why i wouldn't be, do
1: like, like a, a a squadron santa or anything at <laughs> <yet>. like <laughs> like that i just wouldn't do that
0: for our site because i don't want to get accidentally associated with it i mean yeah fair absolutely fair um i mean then again also like christmas t-shirts are kind of hard because it's like it's like a t-shirt you feel weird wearing any other time during the year
1: yeah but with santa or well with christmas decorations being on sale in october now we're really talking oh i know like i
0: like Trust me, I work at a grocery store and I was at work the, was at work uh, yesterday and I saw Christmas de- and Christmas uh, clothing and I was pissed. My- yeah,
1: my wife went to buy Halloween candy tonight and for the record listeners, we're recording this on the 29th of October. Um, mm-hmm. So there should still be some candy to buy and there was almost nothing because they'd all moved over to Christmas displays.
0: I'm gonna go screaming a pillow later. Anyway. Uh look, we like Clinton. <laughs> like, like, he did his look, job too good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Damn it. Okay, now we have to now we have to uh like dock this comic points for, for that. Uh not really. Um So I feel like, you know, just because you know the, the general conceit of this is that is it is a fairly simple story. Um you know, I feel like we have said just about everything we do want to say regarding this comic. Uh, do you have any, like, final thoughts on it? Um, just for
1: listeners, if they haven't read it, or read it and they're listening to this podcast, um, I would say that this is actually a... It, the the art is one of the big reasons to come for it because mm-hmm. uh, the action scenes are great. Uh, the expressions on everyone are awesome. The way that everything is depicted is fantastic. Morrison does a delightful job, like I said, weaving all this uh, Christmas imagery into a more traditional fantasy kind of setting without it all feeling like... Uh, anathema to each other you know so it it works very well as a cohesive piece I can't wait to read the the later books that have come out in this line yeah that's what I have to say about it it was I was surprised at how much fun I had with it um but that said I don't think I would put this on like the upper echelon of like Morrison's works um it it didn't necessarily change me but I I was like oh yeah this is a really
0: Mm.
1: good way of doing yeah a Santa story (laughs)
0: And also being a
1: fan of like Robert, yeah, I I mean, I I I I
0: actually would pretty put it pretty high just because it it is such an accessible piece, and you know, even though I did a whole season where you know I was discussing pieces that I felt were accessible uh, Morrison comics, this I feel like is one of the more accessible books because just because it's like this is a concept, this is a you know, like we're all familiar with, you know, superheroes. You know we're all familiar with everyone literally everyone in america and and across the world are familiar with with some version of santa claus and taking like the you know, the, story, the origin of santa claus with all of the fantasy elements with all the weird crazy magical elements and applying the thin veneer of a superhero origin story on top of it that makes it one of the i feel like it makes it one of the most accessible comics in morrison's overall oeuvre maybe even one of the most com, uh, like accessible comics in general just by con, by the very conceit of what of what the story is it's like it's santa claus like it's santa claus and that's pretty easy for people to grasp and just adding in all of the fun action adventure yeah. and Wizardy magical elements on top of all of it, and also Morrison just being like, "Oh yeah, remember that time when I said that I uh that I was visited by fifth dimensional beings? Yeah, I'm still gonna add that into this book. You thought I was done with it? No, I'm still adding it in.
1: They work really well with like any sort of like fae kind mm-hmm. of like spirits yeah. of the woods. And kind also of thing. The, so the, I think it works the, pretty this,
0: well. The, the panels with Klaus essentially tripping balls are it's so good i love the way Mm -hmm. the 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 colors just are are like floating in the air around him and he is then covered himself covered in color and the way he calls upon it is through music i love all of that and then like the the moment later in the book when uh when he's like taught and he's you know splayed upon the ice and he then has to have lily who is also bleeding out from a from an arrow from multiple arrow wounds has to then call upon the sprites herself i love i love it all everyone should read this comic it's great it's fun and it has a yeah. happy ending it, it really
1: does and it, it, it was yeah. like i said it's it was nice just to, delightful it was it CK, was very nice it's
0: nice to have fun and like nice little fun things every once in a while I rarely, <laughs> sometimes yes, I to talk yes, I about agree. dark shit like Arkham Asylum, and sometimes we're here talking about Santa Claus just bringing joy to people.
1: Yeah. 100%. Uh, yes. For all the good boys and, and, as, and girls. And as, he, as Claus <laughs> even says, class.
0: you know, there are no bad children.
1: That 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 is true. And I, I do actually really like that sentiment there, because of the fact that, you know, Jonas, who is set up to be kind of, you know... An antagonistic figure is actually redeemed at the end, and you know shows that like any any boy and girl can be brought up to be good, you know, or any person can be brought up to to be a good person with the right and what better influence I think is is really nice.
0: Our big muscly hunk of a Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, oh yeah. Thirst days. Trap Santa. <laughs> I don't know if Dan Mora uh, is is able to draw someone who is not muscular in some way. Because even though Magnus is supposed to be like this sickly human being, he's still got some muscle on him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's got yeah. some like and lean I, muscle on And, going. you got, know, like, again, I read, one,
0: I read Once in Future. And again, this is just an endorsement. Please read Once in Future. It's amazing. Also, letter by Ed Dukeshire. So that's another push toward that because the lettering in this book is fantastic uh and also it's a it's a fantasy book involving Arthurian legends and written by Kieran Gillen what seriously what more do you want uh you know he he, like I can see that and then he's also been working with Marika Tamaki on detective comics over at DC like he I don't know if he has the ability to draw someone without some type of muscle tone uh so like kind of everyone is hot in this book um, Magnus, especially because he is a cinder by the end of this. Um, so, but yes, thirst trap Santa for days, and we we love to see it. It's all we want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see that pop up, because that's you know you, you see that in artwork and from marketing things over time. Like, uh, do you remember like the Palm? Not not a Palm tree, Uh, Palm Trio ads. Like they had. Like they had like this like s- like cool Santa where he was like lean and he was like a metrosexual Santa, um, or <laughs> or like all the old like Playboy. Oh, I don't uh, know about these, but I would looking put out them with, up like, as soon as we like, get girls to like waiting up for Santa. Yeah, the, the there is actually a wealth of uh, Christmas-related cartoons that used to appear in Playboy magazine. Uh, that you know it would be like one page like illustrations uh and most of them had the basic theme of santa comes and like some girl is waiting up for him or you know making some kind of joke about it's like like you can leave your cold or whatever but like usually they'd be like fairly funny like satirical pieces about like our commercialism uh buried within uh with some titillation factor going on weird (laughs) i'm just trying to say that weirdly people want to fuck santa
0: santa (laughs) is (laughs) ultimate christmas daddy and like that's not new yeah and dan mora created Ultimate Christmas Daddy, uh,
1: yes, yes, this is the, the, <laughs> the, the this is th- th- thick ass. Uh, Case and I are just, over uh, here uh, thirsty Thirstrap by Santa, Santa yeah. so we
0: need to get off of this show. <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> yeah. well that that this this has to be the end of the episode, or, or else we're just going to spend another ten minutes just thirsting over Santa Claus. So. Uh, this is the end of the episode, which that means it's time for plugs case. Where can people find you and what have you got going on?
1: Uh, people can find me at certainpov.com because I do a lot of the stuff on the network. So in addition to the three podcasts, I also do all of our videos, like all the videos that go up on our YouTube channel, which, uh, we, we also post on our website. So, uh, I do the editing for our uh, this week's points of view, which is our weekly roundup of all the shows that have come out. Um, can't wait till people see my halloween one which i I forget when this oh which will have just dropped right after or right before this episode Mm -hmm. drops so uh check that one out because it's gonna be fun uh (laughs) i I do a a video series for men of steel which is uh me taking superman analog threads that i wrote on twitter and turning them into uh semi-informative videos about superman inspired characters uh and i do the videos for side Quest, which is our video game uh retrospective series that uh, matt storm started as a podcast and i have uh, gone through and turned into video stuff so all of those if you check our our youtube channel out so if you look for certain point of view on youtube and look for the one that has less subscriptions than uh the other one <laughs> that's also called certain point Which of view. So, is
0: a crime. yeah
1: but we also only started aggressively making youtube stuff in the last year and a half so you know we're, we're, we're baby steps on that one <laughs> Uh, but check all that out. Check out Another Past, which I host with Sam Alisea, which is a wonderful movie podcast that uh, where we talk about movies that we found fascinating but flawed and speculate on how we could have made them better. Uh, check out Men of Steel, which I co-host with J. Mike Falson, where we talk about Superman stuff and why uh, that archetype is important, uh, however it is being represented. Um, and then Scruffy Neurofurders is uh, coming back soon. I have been in talks with Addy and J. Mike about actually getting back into our recordings uh, swing because it kind of got derailed by the pandemic. Uh, but uh, the the main story is coming back after a bunch of side missions and so forth. Uh, that is going to be probably actually hitting the feed in December, frankly, based on recording and then editing time. But um, that is way more real than it was you know, two weeks ago. So uh, I'm pretty excited about that one. Uh, so check all those out uh, and you can find all of that at dot Uh If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at case Aiken. Uh That's it.
0: All right. Well, uh, thank you as always case for coming on to the show. It's always a delight to have you here. I- thank
1: you for having me on and twisting my arm to actually read this book.
0: <laughs> yeah. And i and like I said, I'm surprised. I was surprised I didn't ask Angela. Um, in last episode, Jesse and I, Jesse and I were talking about how I, he was surprised that I didn't ask him because he's like, I always get the weird books. And I'm like, well, you also don't like Christmas. So that's why. (laughs) Um, But yeah, again, case, thank you for coming on and uh, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, And as you'll see on this episode, I've finally just decided to break down and just record credits for the episode. So we got credits at the end of the episode that you can listen to. Um, So uh, with all that said, I'll let you know next week. On Comics Quest, episode 4, we are going to be discussing the graphic novel Mooncakes uh, by Suzanne Walker and Wendy Hsu. This is kind of an anticipation. Uh, the next, the following week, the following Tuesday, so week following next week's episode, uh, was we're going to see the release of Wendy Hsu's graphic novel Tide Song, which I've been really excited about. Uh, it was br- brought to the network's attention, really uh several months ago and ever since uh i knew about that i had to seek out mooncakes uh it's it's wonderful wonderful story so check that episode and check that episode next week i'll be announcing the guest uh the night before and with all that said uh thank you for listening and remember getting into comics may seem like an impossible journey but every step is worth it thank you for listening to comics quest A Certain POV Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us grow and reach new people. Thank you to Dan Purcell, the friend of all pods, for crafting the beautiful theme you hear at the start of every episode. Check out his original music and follow his socials at TheDanPurcell. Also, follow us on Twitter at ComicsQuestShow. Thank you to the Certain POV Network for housing the show and putting it with my daily shenanigans. Check out the rest of our shows at CertainPOV.com and while you're there, feel free to join our Discord. Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time and until then, have a wonderful day.
1: Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel.
0: And you can find it at CertainPOV.com.
1: Or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Yay. CPOV.
1: CertainPOV.com.